Welcome to All Things Alt Tech, where we talk about the emerging digital ecosystem and how the online world is changing by the week. If you want to hear about next generation platforms and browsers, or get the latest on privacy and online free speech issues, or just general banter on the creepy online media industry, this one's for you. So strap in, grab a drink, sit back and enjoy. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Today is December 18th, 2019. And this week we're going to talk about yet another couple of alternative social networks. We're going to discuss some better ways to run social networks, and we're going to talk about the potential creation of a social media standard. Uh, let's start off with talking about MeWe.com, because I had a listener, namely Miles, suggest that I took a, take a look at MeWe.com. So basically, it is a social network that's engineered with privacy by design. So MeWe.com has all the features that you'd expect from a social network, but it has no ads, no targeting and no newsfeed manipulation. Uh, MeWe also has what they call a privacy bill of rights, and they seem quite fair to me, just to name a few here. I mean, you own your own personal information and content, like that. There are no third-party ads, like that. You have full control over how posts appear, in which order and so forth, and no manipulation of the newsfeed. I like that as well. They also have no facial recognition technology. And it's kind of funny how, how quickly we've come to accept that you know, whatever you post onto Facebook is going to be analyzed to death, basically. And this, it, they're going to find out, well, who's in your photos? Probably they're going to find out who people are, even if they are not your friends. And, uh, and there, there'll be some serious number crunching going on in the background. Anyway, none of that stuff is happening on MeWe.com. Now, this site seems to function quite well. I mean, it is not the easiest thing to sort of review a social network bef before you have, you know, a whole bunch of friends on it. But big picture, I mean, it is, it has to be said that it is something of a Facebook clone, but with a much more sound approach to privacy, or that is the claim. And, and that is, after all, all it is. It is a claim. It's a promise. So, I mean, if they were really serious and obsessive about privacy, you know, why not make the whole platform open source? So how do they make money then if there are no ads and no other nonsense going on? Well, they do have a cloud storage functionality. But you do have to pay for it after a certain amount. You do get 8 gigs for free. And then you have to pay a few dollars um, per month to go beyond that. They also have quite a few other features as well that they do charge for. So, for example... Uh, there are live calls, there are stickers, there are you know, custom pages and so forth. Little bit of nickel diamond going on, but hey, they're gonna they gotta make a living somehow, right? There are also quite a few groups on the on the site. Actually, there are countless groups on the site, but it, I do get the feeling that many content providers, many creators, treat this new platform as just you know another wall to duplicate your existing content. I mean, without much, without even expecting much engagement or, or, or unique, uh, unique responses. So in a way, it's maybe a little bit of a, so maybe this is a little bit similar to how content creators treated the likes of Google Plus. You know, it was a bit of a ghost town with a lot of token content that was just kind of sprayed on there as an afterthought. Now, big picture, I mean, don't get me wrong, though, if everybody switched to MeWe or any other competing platform, let's face it, 
then the world would probably be a, a better place. But, uh, I mean, here's the problem, though. I think because most people have have already invested so much time and so much effort into Facebook, they almost, or well, they have a bit of a legacy on there already, and you can't just kind of walk away from it that, that easily. Now, Facebook are letting people um, download their data and so forth, but that's not really going to help you restart your social social life elsewhere, so to speak. Of course, none of this is an excuse not to leave Facebook, but in reality, it is probably the biggest reason why the the likes of Facebook remain so well entrenched in the market. And also, I mean, people have come to kind of accept that, you know, social media is a bit of a panopticon. We obviously shouldn't, but I think that's kind of what's happened. Also, just another point on, on privacy, a little bit more big picture, is that, you know, privacy is great, but from the perspective of creating a vibrant social platform with, you know, lots of discourse, lots of action, you can make the argument that you can have too much privacy. Now, what does that mean? I mean, if you have no skin in the game as a participant, as a creator, and you have complete anonymity, then, well, your platform risks turning into another gab.com or even Twitter, for that matter. I mean, the problem with brand new social networks, and especially brand new social networks that promise absolute privacy or free speech, is that it's going to initially attract people who are there just to kind of spew out their vitriol. And it's not necessarily going to attract people who who just dare to carry on a conversation without any snooping. Now, just going back to MeWe, that might be a bit of an exception because there it looks to me like there's a lot of normal social action going on there, so... So I would, I would recommend you take a look at it if you're interested. Now, I'm not being a big tech apologist by any means, but I, I do have to say, though, with, when it comes to privacy and all this snooping that's going on, I don't know that the big social networks have much of a choice with regards to collaborating with the government. So handing over their data and introducing more sur- surveillance and so forth. I mean, you might remember this company called Lavabit from a few years back. It was basically an, an open source and encrypted webmail service. And they had to shut down in 2013 after the, the U.S. government basically ordered them to, to turn over their encryption keys so they could snoop on Edward Snowden's emails. Anyway, Lavabit decided they're not going to comply and they shut their whole business down. They had to. Now, I think when it comes to true privacy then decentralized is the way to go. I mean, another competing centralized service and another pinky promise not to touch your data just doesn't cut it because we don't know what's going on in the background for real. We don't know to what degree the government is involved with new new businesses. Um, However privacy-oriented they claim to be, we just don't know. But with a sufficiently decentralized solution, I think any government demand almost becomes, you know, moot and void because... Such services are basically ungovernable, and any legislation or or demand is just a formal recommendation without any real teeth. I do want to talk about another uh, new social network. Well, it's not new, but it was fairly new to me, which is Mastodon. Now, Mastodon is a free and open source, self-hosted social networking service. Now, basically, this allows anybody to host their own server node in the network, so it can have multiple user bases and they are spread across many different servers. So, so Mastodon is a part of a wider network of social net- networks, 
meaning it's also possible to interact with users on different platforms, but they all use the same protocol. If you look at what Mastodon looks and feels like, um, it, it kind of comes across a little bit like Imgur. Um, and at first glance, it's mostly about memes, cat images and you know fun stuff like that, but I'm sure it runs deeper than this too. Now, because there isn't a single central server for Mastodon, each operating server has its own, or it can have its own code of conduct, its own terms of service and moderation policies and so forth. And this is yet another point of differentiation from traditional social networks in that you know, users get to choose a specific server which has policies they agree with. So you can leave a server if you don't like their moderation policies, for example, but you don't have to leave the entire Mastodon network. And I hope that we're heading in with regards to the social space. Now, in quite a timely development, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, he's come out stating in a series of tweets that he wants to create a social media standard. Now, in other words, he wants to develop something of a protocol for social, social data. And this would basically make social networks operate more like, more like email, basically, so that you know, users can join different networks but still communicate with each other, no matter which one they're using. This is very familiar to what I would just described earlier with Mastodon, isn't it? Now, Dorsey also said that this would also make it easier for social networks to enforce restrictions against hate speech and you know, other abuse. And basically, what he, what, he's, what he calls is helping other people share their load at a lower cost. Now, in all fairness, there hasn't been enough information just yet uh, come out as to you know, really pass a full verdict on, on what's going on here. But I'm, I'm willing to say already that if it's Dorsey spearheading this one, if, and if they're taking it in a centralized, non-transparent direction in, in any way, then I want nothing to do with it. And the reason I say this, the reason why I'm so skeptical is because we've all seen, for example, Twitter's hate speech policies. You know, for example, you can't say that a man is not a woman without risking getting booted off the platform. And, you know, I think Dorsey has used up all his goodwill capital here a long time ago. And, uh, and you know, look, if Twitter's terms of services and policies won't change and be loosened up, then this proposed protocol is really not helpful at all. Because let's not forget here that, you know, Twitter actually shut down many of the healthy applications that were around, uh, that were trying to use Twitter's API. And that happened because Twitter basically decided to tighten their reins on their data and to make it a lot harder for uh, third parties to, to use Twitter's protocol. And just to name one example here is, I mean, you might remember this one app called Storify. It was basically this, this app that was... Um, it was supposed to help you import uh, content from, from a range of different media into a single timeline. Um, another one was Favstar. It's basically a, um, a third-party app that would, would show how people's tweets were getting liked and retweeted by other people on the network. Creating apps like these became a lot harder over the past just couple of years because, of, because Twitter has been going in the opposite direction. They have been tightening their reins on the API. They've been... Um, moving away from opening up to a more collaborative social space. Now, Jack did make one interesting point, though. Um, he says, existing social media incentives frequently lead to attention being focused on content and conversation that sparks controversy and outrage, rather than conversation which informs and promotes health. Now, I mean, I, yes, I can agree with that, but 
it's not up to any social network or, or any social network standard to try and determine or, or govern you know, what is informative or what constitutes healthy conversation and what doesn't. And as for this outrage piece, to a large degree, it's up to the user to mute and squelch out noise that you don't want. It's also up to users to not be complete douchebags out there. In other words, maybe ease up on the cheap Twitter drive-bys, the you know the childish provocation and the endless you know trolling, etc. But that's up to you, not Jack. And also, I have to say, getting back to this standard here, there already is an open and decentralized sh- social network protocol, and it's called ActivityPub. That's just one example. I mean. If Twitter was serious about creating a protocol for the betterment of the entire social web, they wouldn't seek to restart it from scratch under their own control. What do you think about the future of social media? Are there any more products or services you want me to take a look at? Do you disagree profoundly on anything of what I just said? Feel free to comment on the podcast. Also, if you want even more news in real time on all tech, big tech, etc., Go on and visit nyman.media, it's n-y-m-a-n dot media, and uh, you'll get a steady stream of content sourced from the entire web, and I think you're going to find it useful. So take a look, and I'll talk to you soon. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's n-y-m-a-n dot media slash podcast. Or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening.